Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. And I needed you to know why I came by. Yeah, I need you to tell us why. People know I don't go everywhere. I'm not interested in talking to people unless it's like a Larry King or somebody of an amazing ilk that I would actually want to go talk to in real life. Okay. Um, I don't do it so I can sell product and I got things to sell. So let me come talk. Um, you have a great product here. And as a fan base... We love the attention that you spend on the guests. We, we love how much work you've done, how well you know them, how prepared you are. The same things that we liked about you in football. <laughs> you brought that on over to here. And that's uh, why it resonates. And the reason I had to come is because you've made a safe place for the truth to be told. You know what I mean? Thank you. I and that. I have watched all of these low-brow comedians come here and disrespect you in your face <laughs> and tell you straight-up lies. <laughs> I'm talking about things that have never been heard in all of black Hollywood. They feel comfortable sitting here lying to you about it. You gonna set the record straight? Are you kidding me? You let Ricky Smiley sit here and you said out that mouth, you stole Friday after next, the one I was in? <laughs> I wish all, all of America fumbled a bit when that happened. And, and then he said some stuff that we haven't heard in 100 years in Hollywood. You ain't say nothing. But this man told you he had Cat Williams' role. He was gonna be Money Mike. Wait. And Cat Williams, was gonna be fr was gonna be the Santa Claus. Now let's three quick points. Three quick. You mean in Hollywood they cast a five foot five black Santa Claus that weigh 145 pounds? That's your story. Your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. He was gonna play the pimp. Why you didn't ask him? Why has he played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? Well, I didn't know he, he shouldn't be able. You wouldn't let a, 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 a athlete that been on steroids talk about one of the greats. <laughs> Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. 
He told you the story about when the movie came out. Where did he say he watched it? At home. He wasn't even at the premiere. You telling this man, you stole that. Oh, so he could get his name in the same sentence with a great one. It is sad. He was just that bitter when we were shooting it. He told everybody, it should have been my role. Everybody on the scene. Why do you think no cast member has ever said anything? He couldn't have played that role like you. I thought he, he Sir, was... Sir, no one... Why no... He was with KD? He beat up Terry Crews? Why nobody know this story? You talking about in Hollywood, they switched off roles. You take this and he... What? So Ricky, Ricky Smiley knows this. And I don't know why he would lose a child and come on the air and start lying. That's why people believe in rituals right there. It's because, well, why would he lie? I don't know why liars lie. But I can tell you this. We auditioned in Los Angeles. Yes. I was audition number 201. 200 black comedians auditioned for the role of Money Mike with me. You're saying all 201 of us was auditioning and you had already had the role and had already shot the role in four days? The truth of the matter is the Money Mike in the original script got raped in the bathroom. And that's what Ricky Smiley was okay with. Cat Williams had to take the risk in front of the studios and the cast and our powers that be in his very first movie and say respectfully, humbly, guys, if we talking about anything else, I have no credibility and I have no pull. But we're talking about comedy right. where I have all the credibility and all the pull. The problem with Friday After Next is we're trying to make a classic comedy. And this comedy involves a rape. And rape is never funny, no matter who it happens to or what the circumstances are. If you would allow me to allow us to do this movie without a black man getting raped in it, I promise you that it will be twice as funny as it would be with him getting raped. So considering that's the real story, why would you bring up that story? 35 members of the cast and crew have never brought up that Ricky Smiley was going to play Money Mike. No one ever saw me put on a Santa Claus suit. We got a wardrobe department. They made a Santa Claus suit for me. Why that wasn't in the bloopers? Why? And, and here's the other thing. Everything that Money Mike said, Cat Williams wrote. So what Ricky Smiley say on his? You can't say my lines. I wrote them. That's how I already know that I'm going to be funnier than you. What he told everybody was, Cat Williams, don't nobody know who he is? I'm on the radio. I'm with Steven Said. Everybody know me. That's what he told everybody that would listen to on the set. That's the truth of the matter. He was so egregious. Not now. Then he was so egregious that and Hollywood has never heard this in a 100 years. He was so egregious, I put in my contract that I won't work with Ricky Smiley again unless he's in a dress. Now, what was Ricky Smiley's next movie? Was it First Sunday? Did he wear a dress in it? You bet he did. It's in my contract. Why would you put that in your, put in your contract, Cat? That's where he's the, a believable actor. Him and Tyler Perry can't play a man to save their life. They play good women, and I believe that the best actor should be in the best role. 
So that's why, because when we released that clip and he said that you responded because he said he was supposed to play Money Mike and you were supposed to play, play Santa Claus. An outright lie. So that he knows is a lie. So why would he say it? Because he's a liar. Nobody knows why liars lie. And that's why I had to come on the program. Cedric did the same thing. Cedric told you when you asked him, did you steal Cat Williams joke? Yeah. He said it don't line up. How it don't line up that I did it on TV in 2018. You came to see me at the comedy store do it in 2019 and then did it on the Kings of Comedy. Like, what doesn't line up? I, this is a televised joke that Mark Curry helped me punch up and get to the level that it was. The same Steve that went to go watch Mark Curry do his whole sitcom and then stole everything Mark Curry had. Now Steve got a sitcom where he the principal and he wear a suit and he... And then he gets this high top fade, making all black men think he got the best lineup in the business. And it's a man unit. Then you ask it, why you not a movie star? I didn't want to be a movie star. This the same Negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asked for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good over KB and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't none. You would have to have range. I played a lot of characters, 60 movie roles. I'm not playing Cat Williams in there. I don't know. I don't know, Cat. We might not let you drink anymore the way you, you, I mean, we ain't even got. I'm not fueled by alcohol. I've had a sip less than you. The truth don't need motivation. I'm just saying I can't let these dudes lie. Cedric's sitting here telling you why he ain't a movie star. He over here look like a walrus. You didn't say nothing. He can't even get his arms off his stomach sitting over here. Why I'm can't, not a movie can't, star. Can't, can't, what? It's a situation. He never wrote anything. Remember, when Cedric the Entertainer starts, he's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why he's called the Entertainer. Right. We found out he can't sing, can't dance, and doesn't he write jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad, Shannon. They're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Can I say that again for the audience? They're so bad that they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. You don't think Sam's a good, a good comedian? The world doesn't think that, sir. I have 12 comedy specials. He has four specials that are not available on Netflix or Tubi. It seems to me, Kat, that you had a lot to get off your chest. No, no. You wanted to set the record straight. Winners are not allowed to allow losers to rewrite history. I don't say any of these things if my name is not breached by these people on your platform. They, if you give the, a liar a platform to lie, then I, I'm not being messy by saying, hold on, that never happened. It's untrue. And there are hundreds of witnesses for each thing I'm saying. So let me ask you this. What is your relationship with Steve Harvey, Ricky Smiley and Cedric the Entertainer as you sit here currently? They've for 30 years. They're a group. These aren't three random guys. The way that Ricky Smiley kept appearing at all of my auditions is because of Steven said he would tell anybody that, listen, they got a gang on that side. They know what it is. 
They know who the gang is. Why Earthquake not in movies? Because he's illiterate. He can't read. And they found that out when they gave him a show and put the cards in front of him. Like all of these dudes are co-entwined and they share secrets. And this is the age of truth. And, and, and the truth doesn't need to be scared of the fact that people tell lies. Uh, cats on drugs. Where are the stories? Why is there no story of anybody who ever sold a drug to me, did a drug with me, was around me when I was inebriated? I got five daughters. I got five sons. Why would we tell these ridiculous stories? Because it's com competition. You you feel like, well, why comedies, comedy guys can't just get along? Yes. Why, why, why didn't you get along with the other teams you were competing against? If you're a Denver Bronco, why you don't get along with the Cowboys? Something wrong with you? But I don't disagree. I don't no, dislike no, all the no. Cowboys. Cat, damn, you like this? No, that's okay, not. Okay, what comedians do you did like? Did you play against the team? Yes. I've taken 46 comedians with me on the road. 46. Okay. I'm not the comedian you can give that to. I only put on comedians that are funnier than me. Anybody that ever told you differently was a fat Faison liar. There's nobody yeah, you, like you, me in the business. Faison just called it straight. Faison said that getting a Netflix special is easy. I have 12 specials. Guess how many Faison got? Zero. So Why is he allowed to have conversations about real stand-up people? We do not let people who are on the juice discuss real athletes. That's all. As a journalist. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't have, harbor any resentment to any of these entities because I can't be jealous. I've never seen them have anything that I ever wanted. If you sign up for their program, you get a light skin, weird face wife that never do an interview. Oh, in man, come Listen, in 20 years, won't do an interview. Nobody's ever talked to her and that she's never been interviewed anywhere. And now, understand, I'm not talking about one person. What I just told you applies to seven people. How they all end up with that. That's part of what you get. I came in this business saying I was going to expose. When I talked about Michael Jackson, when I talked about R. Kelly, they canceled me for these things because why would you talk about another black dude? Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side and the other side. And we don't care nothing about the other side. Period. Period. All of these uh, big dick deviants is all catching hell in 2024. It's up for all of them. It don't matter if you Diddy or whoever you is. T.G. Jakes, any of them. The, every, all lies will be exposed. That's all. And, and, and anyone who takes that the wrong way know why they take it the wrong way. The truth is the light. I need to have another one of these. Amen, amen. Gee. <laughs> I, I kind of <clears throat> get on here. Right. After that, I don't really kind of know where to go. Let me one more time. <laughs> mm, mm. Right. We good now? Because the people want to know well, why would he get blackballed? Yeah. Oh, because I was ask because that. because in thirty years I've done nothing but collect information, knowledge, and your secrets. So if you and a man was in a corner doing something you wasn't supposed to be doing. You will tell it. 
No, somebody come to tell me. Okay. I gather that. I value that. I'll pay for that. Come, tell me. I know so many things I shouldn't know, and they all know it. They all know it. Why? Because you don't make me the villain. Not the guy that raises black children and ain't never done a hard drug in his life and don't have no stories of doing nobody dirty. And, and they'll just go out and they'll lie. The, the industry doesn't mess with Cat because he didn't show up for the studio. No studios have ever said that. Look at my IMDb. It will show you that no studio has ever lost money with me on the script. How? That's why I'm saying that's why I can't let Ricky Smiley say he was supposed to play Money Mike because I wrote the words for Money Mike. I designed the hair for Money Mike. I collaborated with the wardrobe department and made outfits to make sure that no one in America would be wearing what Money Mike was wearing. I told him to go get the prowler. I then told him to paint it purple. I told him don't have an actor at playing a pimp. We could get an actual pimp Archbishop Magic Don Juan to play like I. I did far too much work for somebody to come years later and try to tag along just for their own self-aggrandizement. Why didn't Cube set the record straight? Terry Crews could have set the record straight. Mike Epps could have set the record straight. Why none of them set the record straight? That's what you were supposed to ask him when he told you those lies that but no I didn't one's know ever heard. Right, but he's telling you something no one's ever heard of. Nobody has ever heard. Oh, Matt, Aff Ben Affleck and Matt Damon was in a movie, and somebody said, y'all should switch roles. And, like, this is a business. But that's the thing, Kat. <laughs> Normally, when people are giving you information, I'm thinking I'm hearing it for the first time, and they're giving information no one else knows or has ever heard. So I'm taking them at face value. These are like, this is like Steve Harvey telling people he used to be homeless. That's my story. That's not his story. Steve Harvey wasn't never homeless. When he, Mark Curry was touring with him 25 years ago, he was making $3,000 a show in cash and doing five shows a week. This, they just tell the stories. This, my, thanks to my wife, I'm where I am. You said that about the first wife. You forget that? You told us it was her. Then you went and married somebody else that think like a man. Like, what are you talking about? They just, they think they can rewrite history. That uh, uh, Guy Tory did a beautiful special about the comedy store and Fat Tuesday, where he said that Steve and Cedric and Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish came through there and made all lies. Steve and Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the Laugh Factory. In 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a sold-out Kevin Hart show. There being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any well, comedy club. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was leading. No, we've never heard of that before that person or since that person. What do you think a plant is? Maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words. He just did his documentary with Chris Rock where he shows you that his whole upbringing in comedy was on the East Coast. Yeah, it was. So how simultaneously was he here in Los Angeles doing the same thing? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I, I, I hate to seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies. But Jussie Smollett going to keep lying until you say we don't believe you. 
Like it's important in the checks and balances of the universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. Are you not afraid about being blackballed again? These are some powerful people. What do you mean again? These people are not powerful. Satan can't create anything. That includes blessings for his people. That's why, you know what the number one job of somebody that sold their soul in Hollywood is? What? Is to act like it didn't happen. They all do the same job. Why do you think Gary Owen can't cross over and he already white and been in comedy for 25 years? If what I say ain't the case. It's a cabal. It's a, it's a consortium. They, they rock with who they rock with and they don't with who they don't. But I'm not scared of being the competition any more than you were when you lined up uh, uh, across from a superior team. Yeah, on paper, they're a better team. Right. They have all the assets and resources and we don't. But let us get on the line, boy, boy, and see if that factors in. I, I guarantee you it won't. Wow. Because Shannon Sharp got to be a different person than that other person. Absolutely. And he always was. That doesn't change when I change teams. That remains the same. That's how a legacy is built. So all of these shortcut takers, I, I was they canceled me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing came out. But he offered to suck my penis in front of all my people at my agency. What am I supposed to do? He did all of that. I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there. It's three other black guys on there. Woo. Huh. So you wonder what they did to get <laughs> I told him no. What y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why when I walk in a room, heads go down. Behind my back, I'm nothing. I'm just a regular old comedian that's bitter and jealous. But in my face, no, no, no. The king has walked in and they have to respect it only because I've not taken the shortcuts. I've not been funded. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. They tell you that themselves. I can't do that because I. Uh, Steve told you that he stopped doing stand up because he has seven TV shows. The only problem is when he stopped stand up, he didn't have those seven TV shows. He stopped stand up because he got in a comedy battle called the Championship of Stand Up Comedy with one Cat Williams in Detroit in front of 10,000 people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig. And I went in and that's why he couldn't do stand-up anymore. Imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was Bernie and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars. What? You called Ocean Eleven to get that nigga's part. What do you mean you didn't want to be a movie star? So on the behalf of Bernie, I, I would have to say what I have to say. Have you have ever been? On, have you ever been on tour with any of these guys? The guy, I, every guy I mentioned to you is not funny out there in real life. So mm -hmm. no. Faison's never done his own tour in thirty years. Steve Harvey don't do stand up no more. Cedric doesn't write. I'm sorry, he doesn't write. Ricky Smiley has been playing the same old black woman forever. Like, you can't get a young fan base with that. Like, you got to be doing karaoke around the country to make that work. Right. And he is. But I'm a stand-up comedian. This is my 19th 100-city tour. 
I'm not going to have a conversation with these lazy bums that'll take a shortcut at any point. Yes, it's easier for you to juice than to get in the gym, but you don't get to bring that body in here talking crazy. Talk about how good you look. What? No, no, there's too many comics out there that are putting their life on the line to tell these jokes, man. Okay. Let's get to your upbringing. We're going to circle back and we'll get some. Uh-huh. I want to protect him real quick because you had said for the Kings of Comedy, it was in 2018, 2019, but did you mean 1999? Because it came out in 2000, so I just want to make sure. No, I didn't, no, no, no. So what I meant to say was, remember, he said, I couldn't do stand-up anymore. I had seven TV shows. I said he didn't have any of those TV shows at the time. I know, you're talking about, you're talking about Cedric. Joke stealer from Cedric. Yeah, Cedric. Oh, okay, so you so, said that okay. 2018, 2019, but it came out in 2000, so I just want to make sure. Okay, no, 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 no. What comes out in 2000? The, the original Kings of Comedy. Right. My, I'm on BET's Comic View, and they're using this as the commercial in 1998. Okay. That's why I'm saying, yeah. So, so if I, yeah. So if I yeah. said the date's wrong, yes. Yeah. So yes. let's go ahead and clear that up. Okay. You said, yeah. I had Cedric on here, and I asked him about the joke stealing, and yeah. he said the timeline doesn't add up. Correct. To your to to that point, you say. Right. So he thought that I was just a no name comedian and that he could take this joke and nobody would know. Right. The issue was that I had already done this particular joke on BET's Comic View twice. Right. It had done so well on BET's Comic View that they had made it part of the commercial. So part of the commercial of make sure you tune in to BET was you seeing me doing this joke. Right. And this joke is one of those jokes in comedy where you set it up and it takes a little longer to set it up. It takes about three minutes. But then you're just hitting them with jokes after right. that because you don't have to set it up. Right. Uh, Mark Curry had already helped me work on this joke because I thought it was good because I was getting a standing ovation on it. He had me go back in the lab to help me craft it to be an even more powerful joke. So this is not just a random joke. This is my very best joke, and it's my last joke, and it's my closing joke. Okay. 1998, <clears throat> I'm doing this joke. It's on Comic View. Cedric comes to the comedy store. He watches me in the audience. He comes backstage. He tells me what a great job I did and how much he loves the joke. Two years later, he's doing that as his last joke on the Kings of Comedy and he's doing it verbatim. He's just changed my car into a spaceship. Him and Steve had already apologized for me, so I gave him a pass for a decade. Why would you sit here and be like, I talked to, I saw Cat 30 times, <laughs> and Cat didn't do, as I stand before you, Shannon. <laughs> I would have bust Cedric's stomach. <laughs> there was nothing that would have kept me from one of these in, in that patch right there. Like, are you kidding me? Why would you downplay me like that? Why did I give you a pass if you were just going to lie? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, they're all a group. Cedric, Steve, Ricky, they've been a group. Everybody knows that. They've been aligned. And, and there are these alliances in comedy. And if you stand against them, then they sometimes have a problem. But... We don't let that change the content because that's all you know me for is that I'm quite likely to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. 
Like all my enemies all look the same in the eyes, whether it's Faison, Wanda, Aries, Spears, they all look like. Man, what you got to give Wanda Sykes? You think I don't remember that? Sir, Wanda Sykes and Wanda Smith are two separate people. I mean, Wanda Smith. And and I had only said one name, sir. Wanda Sykes. I'm cursed. It's amazing. I love Wanda. And I agree. I love Wanda. That's I my agree. girl. Mine but I, I remember on the radio, you went on a radio interview. If I'm not mistaken, that's in Atlanta. Right. And you came on there with seemingly good intentions. And oh, she yeah. attacked you. It wasn't just that part. It was the fact that before I go in there, she has a conversation about, okay, now... I just want to talk to you because you just won an Emmy for the city of Atlanta and this is in Atlanta and they just want to hear about the Emmy and hear from you and to thank you for what you did putting the city on. Right. Okay. And we won't talk about your kids. We won't talk about jail. No cases. We ain't going to talk about none of that. Right. And immediately gets in there and goes the opposite way. You can't flip up on me because you're an inferior comedian. I'm going to destroy you and I'm never going to call you out of your name. I'm never going to say anything disrespectful to people that look like you I'm, I'm, it's a very thin line I got a call but this lady is trying to embarrass me in front of a largely homosexual fan base that's why she got canceled gay people don't take it kindly that you would as a derogatory call me gay gay people don't feel like it's derogatory so why are you trying to shame me with something in a community I don't even belong in? There's no gay people saying I belong over there or been over there. You did, did but I have no hatred of over there, and how dare you? You did a number on it, though. Hey. You did a number on it. That, no, that's legendary. No, you either believe in karma or you don't. Because I didn't even know any of the stuff that she had done to my fellow comedians until afterwards. I just know she that it was a setup. Right. And and remember, they they tried to kill me this same weekend, not in jokes, with a real gun in my real face on real camera. Understand I'm losing my life for participating in something that goes along with my job. Like, this two comedians, what do you mean? And and the world was okay with it because it was me. Had that happened to anyone else, the world went crazy when Will smacked, smacked Chris. This is a person pulling a whole gun on a comedian in the confines of their job. It's, a, it's really a weird situation uh, when they hate you that bad. Yeah. Yeah. You felt she hated you at that moment because you you mentioned that she said it was going to be very professional. Oh, you want an Emmy? Congratulations. You put the city on. You own for the city. Yada, yada, yada. And now, did she mention anything about the Emmy on camera? I believe you saw the video <laughs> and you know that none of that took place. See, the, it, <laughs> the issue is that... Um, all the comedians have to come do these radio stations because right. you have to sell your tickets. And so that means you have to go to the radio. Station. Yes. I, I don't go to the radio station and I don't make posts to sell tickets. I just don't. So you've not seen me. I'm I haven't. I'm not here in some subservient position nope. where somebody sent me over. I'm. You here out of the kindness of your heart. You are. No, no, I'm saying in, no, but in no, the interview radio, yeah, yeah, yes. situation. Yes. Yeah, like, yes, right. For sure. Yeah, and this person knew I wasn't there for that or 
Yeah, it's but how hard because you have to understand she is a female. And so you have to be careful. You have to handle her with kid gloves, sir, sir. <laughs> you want to go ahead and take that out? You don't want to be against equality, do you? No, no. What you just said was <laughs> very unequal, sir. Bruh, but I you think maybe you've had enough of this. <laughs> because I think I just heard you say but can you, can that women are not equal and should be they, treated unequally. They and are, I they want to be treated. You mean equal. as a comedian? No, no. They want listen, you understand and I understand. Yeah. In certain situations, they want to be treated equal. Not all situations. And and what part of what you saw her get? Oh, she what, deserved everything no, you no, gave her. What part would have been different if she was a man? It would have just been more vicious. Yeah, that, that's, that's my point. I, that's took, my I point. took all the vicious and venom away because it. I didn't have any. Plus, I understood. I'm not trying to offend black women with short hair. I'm not trying to offend heavyset women. I'm not trying to upset fellow comedians. I'm not trying to do any of that. And I can't. I am qualified to be able to do none of that and still eviscerate you because I'm smart enough to know that I need to say that you have gnarled fingers because I know your limited education means you don't know what the word means. So you can't possibly respond to it. You're not sure of the meaning. And I'm going to continue hitting you because this is what comedians do. Right. You've been masquerading that you're a comedian, too. And that's the fallacy. So and nobody that, in boxing fights out of their weight class. If you're a 130 pounder, you don't just show up with the 160 pounders. You stay in your weight class. Is that what you wanted to do? No. That she was out of her league when no. it came to because I she, didn't want to do any of it. I know you didn't want, didn't to, want to do it. But what she took it there. You did you feel that you had to go there? Oh, you go could where? Say, you could have said, Wanda, I didn't come here for that. I just want to do the interview. I just want to talk about what happened. Oh, you misunderstand my job. My <laughs> my job is to be funny. <laughs> my job is to be funny first. My first job is to be funny. My yeah. second job is to be respectful. My third job is to be immaculate and Gaza strip it. Huh? Uh, That's non-political. I'm saying if you do it, you let a terrorist accidentally touch over here and I won't stop burning you down until there ain't nothing left. It'll literally be rubble on top of rubble and I'll still be bombing. Why? Because that's why you should mind your business. This is what F around and find out is about. Right. Now, I'm reading. Cat Williams won Cedric the Entertainers and Heiser Bush Best L L Best Los Angeles Comic Award. Did you win that award, one Cat Williams? It's a simple yes or no. It's not a rhetorical question. It's a question that probably should have been asked to Cedric the Entertainer. I'm asking you. I got you here, though. I know. I couldn't <laughs> believe Cedric didn't get asked that question. <laughs> you still a dude's joking to give him an award, and then 10 years later, you don't know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I, but I promise you this. What? If he sees me again before he sees you, he'll be talking different when you see him. That's for certain. That's the difference. That's what these comics understand, is that I'm not doing nothing for clout. I don't even recognize clout.
but eventually the Lord is going to let me and you be in one hallway. A lot of these dudes go. Kevin Hart done went 25 years without ever being in the same building with me at the same time. What, so what, if what, I go in the building, he walk out. You've never seen us in the same building ever in 25 years. Like, it's like that. <laughs> Why? Why? Yes. Because what? I'm really the product. It's not what you think. I am never under the influence of anything. I'm always in my right mind. I'm always a physical specimen. And when you see me, I'm much, much bigger than you had thought. I have far less play in me than you would like. And I'm relentless. I'm out there. I'm still to this day. I play 11 games of basketball with a 20 year old. The record is 92 and six. This is just in the yard, just to the rack, just cause. You work out cat? I mean, no, you work out cat? Uh, not to the gym. You don't work out in the gym? You push ups, sit ups? I, my whole life it was, um, it was just push ups and sit ups only. I would do like um, 100 push ups a day, just. I thought you were gonna say a thousand. No, 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 <laughs> because this is literally every day. Right. This is not for the, yeah for the gram, you know what I mean? Like literally a hundred a day and I would do push-ups, and then I tore both my rotator cuffs. And so it was only thanks to golf that I was even able to get my you a golfer now? back. I've, I've been a golfer for quite some time. My short game is impeccable. I, I, I can't get you, but, but two and some change off of the, um, the off the tee, but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still coming in for par guaranteed. Are you playing for the tips? Uh, no, I've, I've found that you don't get anything for that. It seems like, it seems very ego maniacal. They go, hey, cat, for free, you can go further back. <laughs> Damn, what? Wait a minute, does it still count the same? Hey, I'm up at the ladies' tee. Don't tell me my pronouns. <laughs> On the golf course, I'm she, her, him, them, and they. Whoever, whoever at the front tee. We're, I know we're joking, we're having a great conversation, but you did win the award. How did the award <laughs> help your career? It had to help some, Cat. Nope. Nope. God, come on, Cat. I didn't remember it. It happened until you just said it. Set, how can Cedric give you an award that was worth something? Everything Cedric and Ricky Smiley ever been in got canceled for not being funny. Ricky sat here and told you that they cut him out of every movie he did. They always had a reason. Like, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> that's why I'm funny because I'm a happy person. I laugh all day long. I can't even imagine the misery of these bums. Just <laughs> 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 to not be good at what you do, not work hard at what you do, but have to act like you're the best at what you do. It is crazy. It's crazy. But they be touring. They 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 be doing like a hundred shows a year. That's me. <laughs> I don't run into none of them. That's what I'm saying. If you a phase on love fan, you mean you've been a fan of him for 32 years, you still waiting on him to do his first special? You mean to tell me if Steve Harvey, your favorite comedian, you mean you've been waiting for him to do stand up for 15 years now? I mean, Steve got a, got a, a lot of other DL still out there. None of those irons matter to stand up. Who cares that they wrote a placard for you to do Family Feud on? Like, you're 
so you're successful because we're surprised you can talk for a living and it's entertaining that you're going to say some funny country things. But not a writer. Right. Not a writer. Now, I've had to turn down $50 million four times. Four times. Just to protect my integrity and that virgin hole I was telling you about. <laughs> right. Because uh, P. Diddy be wanting the body. And you got to tell him no. Oh, you got to tell him no. I, I did. I did. See, I got the receipts for everything I'm telling you. That's why I can yeah, say yeah, I'm I so freely. Can, can, can I need another one? You, here, get you another Thank one. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on. Because early on, you was accusing me of being... Can't. Man. Can't. Yeah, it's crazy. When you got in the stand-up, was crossing over, was doing TV, was doing movie, was that a, was that a part of it? You're like, okay, I'm gonna do, I, I'm doing stand-up. Okay, next next the the next progression is TV movies. Throughout throughout the history of stand-up, sir, that's that's the goal for all of us. That's how it goes. That's why when you hear these dudes talking about, oh, I didn't want to be a movie star. You just know it's disingenuous. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I just wanted to do a game show. Right. What? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I thought you did Mark Curry's show over after he had just done hanging with Mr. Cooper. Why would you do all of that man's stuff that he did on his show on yours and then do the dude's stand-up when you go on the road and then you never put Mark Curry on your show or nothing? Like, if you don't say anything, these dudes will run over you. I don't know if you know how bullies operate. I but do. if you don't stand up for yourself, there really is nothing they won't do. Right. You're a very generous man, Kat. Uh, you, you're the sole sponsor of Melba Moore, <laughs> getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You, you did all that on your own. Why? What, do you have a personal relationship with Melba? No. No. I, um, I, I understood that she was a black woman in a time where it mattered what you look like and they had a certain thing that they needed you to look like and act like in order to be successful. Right. And she just never did that. She wasn't tall enough. She wasn't fine. Uh, they didn't like her looks. They didn't like that her hair was natural. They talked crazy about her and yet she still made all of these achievements and I'm like, understand, I'm already in the Comedy Hall of Fame. I'm already going to heaven no matter what happens. If it ends in a second, I'm up there. So it gives me the leeway to do some things that are simply because it's the right thing to do. So the truth of the matter is they wanted to give me a star. But please don't consider me and this, this person been sitting on this list this whole time. And just because they ain't got enough money, they can't get they just do. That's crazy. When do you start? That, that's hurtful. What if somebody can't afford their flowers? You mean they don't get them? No, God don't operate like that. He would send a dummy like me to come and take care of that. Just so that the right thing happens. That's how the universe works. Because remember, I was, what am I spending my money on? I'm not spending my money on strippers. I ain't spending them on drugs. Why not? Like, Stripper what? Box. Because if I go in a if I go in a strip club, I'm only trying to get her out of there. Yeah. 
I have no intention of her or any other people being in this position. If I see a girl I like at the strip club, I'm telling her, you know you don't have to strip no more after this. <laughs> this could be your last day. Mm. How about that? Ooh. What would it be like just to leave it all? You ain't gotta be a hoe no more. I don't even want you to go get your purse. Just leave it. And we get new ID. We get new ID and credit card and social security card. We don't need none of that. That 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 that. You this life don't look good on you. Yeah, you don't even look like a drug got addict. Me, got me thinking. Got me thinking, cat. <laughs> right. You hear these athletes talking about? Yeah, we was out there tricking. The what? Why? You're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. Stop paying people that you don't have no respect for. It sets it up bad for us. We got women out here can't find a man because they acting like him. Mm. You are alpha. Mm. Now the alphas all want these subservient husbands. You can't have one. No. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Mm -mm. Sorry about that. Okay, go ahead. Boy, you done got me canceled. How many times in this program? <laughs> Where's the camera? I didn't write nothing. I said tonight. It's all been on these cue cards, and I'm just gonna keep reading them. <laughs> Ask your next question. Uh, the Migos. Do you help them get out of financial situation? I don't think we ever, as a nation, can remember a time that the Migos were financially unsuccessful. So for the record, I would assume that they've never needed Cat Williams' financial assistance for anything. I'm sure that between QC, the label, and other things, they were taken care of. On the other hand, if I was given the opportunity to help them, would I? Of course I would. That's what I do. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm a pro-black non-racist. Like... I really, really love black people, but I don't love them more than other people. I love everybody. I just, I'm a black guy and I, 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 I try to stick with that. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not one of those uh, pillow talkers either. Like when I do something good, mm -hmm. I'm really not doing it for the gram. It's not. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. It's not for, it's not for any of that. I'm just doing it because it's good to do. I appreciate that. I read, I don't know if this is true, but I did read that comedians on your show say that women sometimes would bring them money and not say where it came from. Say that again. Comedians would say women would bring them money and not say where it came from. Uh, Right. So um, I'm not a feminist like um, a feminist would be, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that there are no there that in my camp, like if I had 35 people in my camp, right? right? I believe that other than four jobs, I believe that a woman is better at any of them jobs than any man could be. Okay. So 10 of these jobs, no man can work because I'd rather a female be there. If I got to smell anybody's breath, I want it to be hers. <laughs> I don't want none of you crusty. Like I, so, so what I'm saying is it, it, in a staffing issue, I'm going to have 75% women just because I prefer them. Right. I, I don't prefer to hear two guys talking in the corner. I prefer to hear two ladies talking in the corner. I don't care what they're talking about. I just prefer that. So a lot of times I will utilize ladies to convey a message. If a comedian is doing a great job um, somewhere in the country, he, he just did a masterful set and nobody's going to pay him. They just clapping. And I know he's broke as shit back there. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody just showed up and gave him a little blessing? And he didn't have to suck me off for it. And thanks, Kat. Boy, I really needed it. Why would you do that? If you was actually just trying to help people, you would. People know that's how I pay my tithes. If I got paid $100,000 to be at your city, I'm going to take 10000 of that and put it in your homeless area. Not because I got to. Because you gave me a hundred racks to come to your little rinky-dink town. Who would I be to not pay my tithes back to your town? That's how I got in this position. Wow. You adopted seven kids. Why? That's a lot of kids for a man that's as busy as you are, travels as much as you do, on the road as much as you are, spend a lot of time because you have to spend a lot. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, maybe it comes just so comes so natural to you to put pen to paper and to write things down and be able to go out there and perform a set. But that's a lot of responsibility, Kat. Right. Right. But if there was a God, what would he think about you if you did that? I'm saying let's just let's say, for example, okay. that God is real. Yes. OK. And let's say he be looking at what you do. Yes. What would he say if you did that? He said that cat. That's that's a very that's a very kind gesture. That's very generous no. of you. 
my whole life, since I was telling you when I was young and they was asking me what I wanted to be and nothing I wanted to be was what I wanted to be God's friend. That's a weird thing if you're an atheist. If you're an atheist, I didn't even say nothing. But if you believe in God and I tell you that I wanted to be God's friend and I wanted to even go to Hollywood and still be God's friend. If I told you that that was my aim, you could understand where I'm at. Like, <laughs> I, I promise you, I, no jealousy, no bitterness, no, none of that. I got exactly what I was trying to get. I haven't been shorted in any way. I mean, seven, eight kids, single. You gonna get married? You, you remember the conversation where I was where it was me yes. and I didn't know what was going to happen to my two little brothers and yes. they was just going to be out there. Yes. So when it gone full circle and I'm one, of the, I'm one of the richest men that ever lived. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean, please don't look at my net worth. I saw my net worth. I I had that on me. I swear to God. <laughs> what I'm saying is like <laughs> I'm saying my net worth is less than my last Netflix deal. <laughs> you understand what I'm telling you? It makes sense. <laughs> but I'm fine. Jesus was poor. Jesus ain't had nothing. So why don't we be mad? You say I don't have nothing. They ain't had the minutes they have back then, okay. Say it again. We got different amenities now. Not, not more than gold. Gold was the amenity of that time. We still got gold. <laughs> gold still running. <laughs> they have no Rolls Royce. They got a, you. You can buy. You can buy a, a ass. That's what they call it in, in the biblical time. They were cheap. <laughs> I'm saying, if you really want to say, I'm saying a Cullinan is cheap. <laughs> So back in the day, I would give my girl a donkey. Today we get her a color man. But I'm saying whoever, I'm saying whoever, whatever it is, I'm saying we. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm saying because what we gonna do? I done already told you, I'm one of the richest people that ever lived. Yes. Only in the fact that when I wake up in the morning, no matter where I am, I don't need nothing. Whatever I need is right around me. And whatever I don't have, it's only just because I don't have it. It's not because I can't get it. All I got to do is want it, and it belongs to me. So because of that, because I'm favored by God, like when I see people's wives and stuff, I don't even look at them. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to look at nothing I don't want to have because I, I know how blessed I am. If I look at it, I got it. <laughs> That's how Diddy be feeling. Now, come on, man. Come. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not supposed to look at anything that you don't want. Not me personally, just because God has given me literally everything I ever even pump faked like I want. And uh, that's the whole thing. That's that's the whole thing is I don't I don't have a type of woman. Every woman that I ever had as a type, I ended up getting her. Now she's not the type anymore. Now I understand that every woman is a one of one. Like you can't really have types. Mm. Mm hmm. What? Because see, I tried to ask me something about marriage. But then I, I ain't said nothing about no marriage. Yeah, you did. When you rewind the tape, you, you let it out. You was like, so you ever going to get married? And then you took it back. It's okay. It's okay. I, are you? I, I, I wasn't known as a photographic are you? memory. Are you? 
I'm not against it. Like most people that are not married is because they're afraid of commitment. It's right. not that like that for me. It's just <clears throat> the whole time I wanted to be married, I I had kids, so I had to try to fill my wife's place before she got there. So right. I'm already got kids without a mother, but so now I, I got to be doing laundry. I'm I'm washing dishes. I'm reading stories. Amazing- I'm having to nurture. I'm having to do all of this, and I got to the point where I didn't need the wife. I'm doing it, and we're doing it, and I'm not replacing a woman in their lives i'm letting them see that that's just the only thing that we don't have and um it was easier for me to do that because you have to understand that all of the kids i'm raising at this point Mm -hmm. they have fathers you see they have a mother you see i'm a different person i'm raising you and so that needs to be done with the other respect for the others that put work in as well. So yeah, um, I, I never had a problem getting married. I, <clears throat> What's one of the one things you try to teach your kids? I don't teach anybody anything that's over 18. I've done the work I was gonna do, but as kids, I really just tried to teach um, the things that can't be bought, um, your integrity. Um, trying to live your life in a way that you yourself could be proud of if you had to look back on it. And um, um, I didn't do very good at leading by example, but behind the scenes, I was, that, that's never what I was pushing. Um, um, they understood that <clears throat> because of my stance, there was a certain thing that would come my way. Mm-hmm. And so accountability and responsibility is part of what you're teaching. Is right. that, you know, even if you're doing the greatest thing in the world, there's this thing called no good deed goes unpunished. Like there's a real Murphy's Law. Like basically in raising kids, you're just trying to give them a better manual and an outline of how life works than your parents gave you. You know, and so um, that's how I did it. What do you think about Kanye rants? What's going on with Kanye? From a distance, obviously, I don't know how well you know Kanye. I don't know if you've been around Kanye, but from a distance, what 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 do you suspect's going on? I suspect that we're pretty awful people if we say that somebody got a mental illness and then we watch what they do. If you say somebody got special needs, then why would you be watching them and holding them accountable like everybody else? Wouldn't you grade them on a curve? Wouldn't you go, whew, this guy. Because, I mean, what are we reacting to? What are we reacting to? You're the one that put him in a position where he thought he was God and could call himself Jesus. And you're the one told a guy that writes musical lyrics that he was a genius. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's like, so what, what do you expect? The guy married a whore. Like, what? Oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I mean, married her because she was one. Not he didn't know. He understood that he wanted that. He courted that. That's what he wanted to base his family on. But maybe she got, she got a good heart, though. I know what you're going to say. Don't you say it, Kat. Don't you say it. 
I'm gonna move the conversation. If what I'm saying is not correct, then how does she end up with Pete Davidson? I mean, it happens all the time. And what if you weren't even good enough for Pete and he leaves you? What do that mean the product was? No, I don't, I don't support or villainize Kanye because I don't understand what it is we want from him. I don't know why we look at a basketball player and say, he didn't score no hockey goals this whole season. <laughs> he don't play hockey. <laughs> Kanye don't say nothing I can agree with. Okay. I, he was the weird guy in the beginning with the pink sweaters right. when we met him. Like, yeah. what do you think moving to a beat of your own drop? This, this dude started a church and kept cussing. Nobody in black church said nothing. You would have thought all the pastors would have came. You can't be no gospel artist. You just said fuck that bitch. <laughs> Nobody said nothing. Because T.D. Jake's over there with Pete in it. Like, oh, but come on, cat. Only the guy you had here has been upfront and honest and a man of God and humble and took the L's he had to take and didn't. I... I did see it was trending though, but I ain't know. I, I don't. I don't, I ain't know why I can't. I don't. Let me go to this question right here. This question All right people here. that love the truth gotta be happy if the truth coming out and lies is getting exposed. That's just what time it is. Twenty twenty four, folks. Do you consider yourself a king of comedy? Where the where the can No, we they they consider that. Oh, that like like when after Bernie left. Them same three guys I'm telling you about, the Kings. Yeah. Right? Because DL is the greatest. Yeah. There's no DL slander gets tolerated. Um, but they came to me. I was supposed to be the fourth king. I got the offer. Then what happened? But I turned it down. Why? Because you shit on Bernie. And I know the truth. You think I'm gonna let you shit on Bernie and then come get me? I'm the next king? Fuck you. Why? Because the whole time Bernie was here, you was acting like you was funnier than him. The reason you were supposed to go last is because it was your tour. Tell the truth. It was Steve's tour. Not it was going to be called the Kings of Comedy. It was Steve's tour. These are the guys opening for him. Of course, you got to close if it's your tour. That's why it was such a big deal. But you couldn't do it because you can't beat the best. And until you humble yourself, you will forever be kinged by the king. And because you finally did it, because you didn't have no other choice, and now that he gone, you gonna act like he wanted to be a movie star. You stop it. You stop it. That man was funnier than all of y'all, and y'all thought y'all had one over on him. You thought he was black and ugly, and you were good looking, and he couldn't make it, because you did. And that ain't the way comedy works. The king is the funniest. Period. Every time. And that's why no audience member was ever swayed. It didn't matter where Bernie went. You think if Bernie went first, he wasn't the king? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Get your ego out of this. You let the best be the best. Right? Cat, Cat Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming on, bro. I really appreciate that. Thanks for sharing the, Thank you. the stories. Setting the record straight. Now, you know they're going to double back. Impossible. Impossible, only because if once you play this back, you'll realize 
I didn't say anything that made me look in a good light. I, I wasn't tearing down others to boost myself up. I, but I do have to acknowledge things that did not take place. Like, we're very ingenuous if we say this is not a game and we don't play it and people ain't in positions and people don't have their favorites and they group and they click. Right. Well, that happens in all businesses. Right. We, no, no. Say what side you on. Say why you don't like the other side and then get to the game. But in the game, I'm wiping the field with them to the point where they don't even compete anymore. So how you going to let a dude that been on the bench for 15 years? Uh, I would have beat Jordan's ass. Shut up. Jordan is still alive. <laughs> we'll call Jordan right now. You can't beat him now. <laughs> Not then. You can't beat him now. Let's get to your upbringing. Born in Cincinnati, Ohio, raised in Dayton, Ohio. Hmm. What was Cat Williams' upbringing like? Your parents were Jehovah Witness. You were a, a prodigy. You were brilliant. You talked to me that you got accepted to college at seven years of age. You could read fluently at three years of age. So having that kind of knowledge, having that kind of of uh, 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 prodigy, or uh, so what was so? I mean, was it? What was your upbringing? How how was it? How was life as Cat Williams crunk coming up? Um, I, I, I was often confused because I knew things and I wasn't sure how I knew them. Um, I knew things that I f felt like I don't have a reason that I, I know this, but I, I love to read. Um, I was voracious because they told me when I was young that knowledge was powerful. Uh, that knowledge was power, and I, and I had studied powerful people, and I I um, I really believed that. I, I I immediately, my next project was to read the whole encyclopedia set. So when you're like six, seven years old, you read the whole encyclopedia set. You think you're one of the smartest people in the world, right. only to get out in the world and find out you don't know anything. You know, so it. Um, it was a it was a confusing time, but yeah, I had a childhood. I was I was grown, but I, I at five years old I was in front of five ten thousand people giving a performance with a full suit and tie on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it hasn't it had it 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 came full circle um, for my life. I knew that. The applause and um, the giving of information and laughs and truth to people somehow benefited them and also benefited you. And um, yeah, so when they would ask me what I wanted to be, everything that I would say that I wanted to be was something that didn't exist. And they would never give me credit for it because I needed to say uh, a doctor or a lawyer, but that's not what I wanted to be. So your parents weren't as supportive as you would have hoped because you were wanting to be things when you got older that they had no knowledge of or it didn't exist at the time? No, it, it wasn't that. It, it was... Um... Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I'm saying I'm <clears throat> I'm almost 100 years old right now. But if we go outside right now, I can run a 4340 or, or a sub. I can do a 416 if I'm Oh, there's Jimmy John's across the street. We can order a sub. <laughs> but um, Oh, you've been on the submarine. That what you sub? So, um, so back then it was even greater. So you got this guy that all the coaches want to play. Man, Cass, I don't do that. Hold on, because I'm I'm five foot five in the fifth grade. I've been this size my whole <laughs> life. Like there was a portion of school where I was one of the big dudes. Like it, just, as soon as everybody caught a growth spurt, I was out of there. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm saying I was a competitive individual. Mm-hmm. My father was an athlete. I can see that. Like, 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 no, I've been 145 pounds my whole career. That's why I never bothered when they said, you know, cats on drugs. I knew, how you going to prove that? I'm, <laughs> my body is a temple. I've been the same size since I was 10. <laughs> like, what do you, yeah, like, I, I, ha- I, haven't ch- I haven't changed off this pivot foot. This has always been who I was before stand-up or anything. But it was, a, um, it was an interesting childhood. I, I, I appreciate my parents, even though um, I couldn't live within the religious frameworks of right. what they had set up. Um, but that was more not wanting to live a double life and not want to embarrass my family. You know what I mean? Because I read where a form of punishment for you is that they would take books because you mentioned you were such a voracious reader. And a form of punishment was when they would take the books for them because you could read fluently. You, you, you told me how at like three or four years old, you could read, 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 not, not just a, a little child's book, but you could read, read. Well, I'm saying when we when we go to Haiti to do missionary work, understand that my mother and my father, nobody that's there with us speaks French. And, I mean, it speaks Creole and reads French. So I'm in charge of everything from the housing to the cars to the the gardener. Like I, I'm saying so I'm not just reading. I'm reading in multiple languages. Like I'm probably, How I'm probably reading three thousand books a year. From the time that I'm eight years old to the time that I'm 
12. No, no, no fiction books at all. I'm only reading nonfiction. You could drive at 12. You received a full scholarship to the National Science Academy in Dayton, Ohio, but you failed. So you couldn't become so you would become ineligible. Why didn't you want to take that opportunity? I didn't see it as an opportunity. When I got in there, all the students were wearing lab coats and it seemed very confined and restricted and nobody seemed like they were having fun. It just seemed like everybody was smart. I, I didn't want that. That, was, that wasn't what I was signing up for at all. And plus, um, I thought that I was... I, Jesus was my big homie. So you know how you get a story about a dude joined the gang and you get a big homie, right? Mm -hmm. Like at this particular point in my life, I'm, my thought is that the Bible is the greatest book that's ever been written. Okay. That it houses the truth and that it gives you this story of Jesus and that I'm supposed to be like him. Okay. So I, it's already in my head that as soon as I get 13, I'm leaving. You, 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 at 13, you not only leave like, okay, mom, I'm moving out. You move from Ohio to Florida on your own. You weren't afraid. I mean, you like, did you? No, hold on. Did, did hold you on. not don't, have a, don't, what, so what were you going? So what were you going to do when you got to Florida? Don't say I wasn't afraid. There's no such thing as a human being of not being afraid. Okay. There are certain human beings that understand that being afraid in no way stops you from doing what you got to do. Okay. So um, I w I was afraid, um, but. I couldn't be that afraid because I knew what had happened with Jesus. I knew how it worked out. I, I, I knew that I wasn't in the wrong with how I was feeling and I knew that I, I didn't have any bad intentions in it. Right. So I trusted God that it will work out. Why Florida? Um, because I, if you're raised in Ohio, the one thing on your list is I'm going to get away from snow <laughs> and I'm going to get as far I want to tell me the place. I literally went to a truck stop and I asked all the truck drivers where they was going. And it was one guy going to California and it was one guy going to Florida. And they told me how long it was going to take. And so that's why I ended up in Miami. Because. How'd you get there? You caught a bus? Or no, I just told you. I was at the truck, truck stop. I, so he you let hitchhike? Me, I got in. I didn't hitchhike. I got in the back of the dude's 18 wheeler, me and my Rottweiler puppy and my suitcase. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I probably had $2,500 on me, like I, like I was shoveling snow and cutting grass, like I always had pockets full of money. When did you make the decision that you were going to leave Ohio and go somewhere, and it ended up being Florida, so, but when did you know that you were leaving Dayton, Ohio, going to Florida? And my father and I's last interaction, um... Somebody could have not made it. And we both understood that was all bad. What was the disagreement about? Um, if, if you say that my family is very religious, let just say I'm not. So anything that I, I'm going to do is not is going to fall out of the guidelines. Right. But I'm not going to let you tell me what I'm going to be, even Especially if what you're saying is wrong. I can't condone wrong. And if I find out that something is wrong and I tell you it's wrong and you don't back me, that's so, what it is. Even as a young child, you were willing to tell your parents that some of the things that you're saying 
doesn't coincide with what I've been reading in, in, in the Bible. No, no. Very simply, don't don't try to disfellowship me for sexual acts and I'm a virgin. Sorry, God, don't make mistakes. You don't get two times to fuck me over. What do you mean you went to God and he told you I was guilty? <laughs> you just lied on God. So long. That's it. There's no conversation. Deuces. That's so that, what it was. That's when you made the decision. After yes. that conversation right there, you say, no, nah, I, can't, I can't live under this roof. It wasn't a conversation. It was an altercation. In the altercation, I love my father. My father loved me. But we are two men at it. That it'll never be the same again. You can't sleep comfortably around me and I can't sleep comfortably around you. How similar are you to your father? Um, I don't I don't know. He's a great man. I'm, I'm saying because uh, it's like y'all butt y'all butted heads. Right. But I'm saying that generally happens with a father son dynamic. It was just that um, religious relationships are always difficult right. in families. They always are. Before it got to the point, because the dynamic, he's father, your son, before that dynamic and you step up on his level and you challenge him, you felt it was best for you to leave. No, no, no. I'm not being challenged. I'm being beat to death. Oh, he was abusive. I didn't say that. I said we were in an altercation. Oh, uh <laughs> I see what you did there. I saw what you did there. I saw what you did there, cat. Yeah. I saw what you did. You was in an altercation. You didn't say you lost. You said you was in an altercation. I in no way gave you the impression that I won anything. I'm the one leaving. I'm out of bounds. This is his house. Right. Yeah, yeah. You so as long as I'm going to be under his roof, you there are certain father. things that I'm going to have to do. Right. And the only way that's going to change is either this or that. Man. And I, I, I'm saying, I had two younger brothers. Like, I'm not, I'm not an unreasonable person. Like, I don't have any mental issues whatsoever, despite what they lead people to believe. You know, I make good, pretty good decisions. Were you not, uh, so how was their relationship with your father? Were you not afraid to leave them? Well, I asked because it, it went, all the way to the actual department. So it was actually going to be something. Um, and when I asked them if they could just make sure that my brothers didn't get separated and what have you, um, they said they couldn't make those type of guarantees that they weren't really sure what would happen if this went down. And so part of leaving was the hope that it would be okay for them because not, none of them experienced what I experienced. I'm saying I'm the oldest, it's a lot riding on right. me. I'm supposed to at least religiously hold down the family's name Correct. at this household, right. you know what I mean? How much older are you than the baby and the knee baby? Like a lot older, like I, if I'm... I 12, think, I 13. Think, yeah, they're five and in Pampers. Wow. Right. You go to Florida, you tell the story, I've heard you, t you were homeless. And right. somebody else told the story, said they were homeless, and you said they, 
They hijacked your story. Now I don't. Hey, I don't. At thirteen, I shouldn't have to tell you I'm homeless. I'm in a. I'm, I'm in Miami, Florida. I have no family members in Florida. I couldn't buy a house if I wanted to. I couldn't get an apartment if I wanted Correct. to. I don't have a credit history. Like. This is not a stretch for me to say that I'm homeless. I'm living in a park in Coconut Grove. The park still exists to this day. Mm -hmm. For eight hours a day, I would get up and go to the library and study for eight hours a day to increase my education. And then I would leave out of there and go to the marina and steal car radios and make $2,000 almost daily. Like I had a routine. This so you really could have played that Santa old thief in Santa Claus. You could have played it. No, the Santa Claus wasn't a thief. The Santa, yeah, he was. He the Santa Claus. You can't tell me. I read the script. Ricky Smiley told you he didn't read the script. The the Santa Claus was a crackhead. He just had that outfit on. That's what I couldn't have played. Okay. Like I couldn't have played a black guy that got raped in the bathroom. Right. So at any point in time, you like, man, I made a mistake, man. I should have stayed my butt in Ohio, man, because this is, man, this ain't what I signed up for. I didn't experience anything once I left home that I hadn't signed up for. If anything, it saved my life. Me being homeless for that small period of time allowed me to see all of the people that were in that situation and to see that these were lawyers and doctors and, 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 and teachers and that these people were white and black and Asian and Indian. And the only thing that all of these homeless people had in in, in common was um they made a bad decision and aligned themselves with drugs. And I interviewed them all. What drug? What? And guess what, Shannon? What? Nobody had a great story. Nobody had a great story of what meth had done for them, what crack had done for them, what cocaine had done for them, what heroin had done for them, what speed had done for them. Nobody had them stories. Everybody's story was I had my life together. And then I decided to do this dumb thing. And I lost my wife. I lost my house. I lost my cars. I lost my reputation. And now I'm now out here sucking penis in the woods. What? Talk about scared straight. You ain't got to worry about me. <laughs> if it ain't weed or nicotine, you won't see me touching it. I don't want no parts. I done seen what these things can do to people. Anything that take over your free will is the devil itself. Have you ever thought about what your life would have been had you stayed in Dayton, Ohio? No, that, that's like asking somebody that's in the NBA for 14 years, like, what would have happened if you didn't come to the NBA? Oh, I shudder to think. I. I I thought it was what I was made for. I thought it was what I was built for. Anybody that knows me will tell you that when they first met Cat Williams, when I was Cat in the Hat, and they tell these stories about how he changed his name. Look, the truth of the matter is Disney sued me. Yeah, I was Cat in the Hat. They sent me a cease and desist letter, and I'm not even making $25,000 a year. And the mega company, Disney, has sent me a cease and desist telling me I can't use any variations of that name. Fine. I'm Cat Williams. That's all that happened. I have been this same product the entire time. They will tell you when they first saw me doing stand-up, I was just like this. 
This is what I bring. This is my style. When did it? When did you know you was going? You wanted? Were you always funny? Did you always want to be a comedian? No. How, did you stumble on a comedianship? No, I I I loved what they did, and so I studied them, all of them. I studied all of the white comedians because I wanted to know why is Monty Python funny? Why is Don not so talented? I wanted to know. What is George Carlin's thing like where? So I studied all of the comedy masters, regardless of the field, because I loved to laugh. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that these people were making a great living at doing this. I thought this is just what they did. They tell jokes. They're funny people. But I loved the craft. And that's why when I got into the craft, I thought it was my obligation to make sure that I kept writing new material so much that it forced these comedians to stop doing the set they've been doing for 10 years and keep writing some new stuff. And I knew that if I could get that to take on, that most of these bums would have to just quit comedy because they can't keep up. They're not going to keep writing an hour worth of material. Right. I've written an hour worth of material 19 times. They're not going to do it. Why? Because they're not creative writers. They want to get somebody else and have them write it and put it together. So, so if I'm listening to you correct, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the best thing that ever happened was the internet because now they have to because normally like you said you could do a set and you do that do that that set in Kansas City people ain't heard it in San Francisco people ain't heard it in Miami they ain't heard it in Detroit Chicago Atlanta so forth and so on now you do a set it's on the internet somebody heard it so you can't do a set and let it make it last 3 months 4 months well it, it doesn't allow the regular comic the ability to grow is the real problem. Like the part of comedy is me taking these jokes in January and by March, I've begun to craft this joke. Okay. It's not as simple as it was when I wrote it. It was just da 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 da. But now it has the complexities of the fact that I'm having to deliver this to an East Coast audience, a down South audience, a Midwest audience, a Utah audience, a Colorado audience. And so it begins to take on a different complexion because you're having to deliver it to different people. Okay. And so so this is what sharpens your joke. You then take those sharpened jokes and make a special, not you just randomly take some. Mm -hmm. So it's a process. You don't allow them the process if the first time the guy did the joke, now that's his joke and the joke is everywhere. That just sets it up for people to steal. So how many times must you tell a joke before you master it? How many times have you had to sleep with a woman before you're done with her? <laughs> That's not fair. If it's great, never. <laughs> if, if, it, it, if it ceases to have usefulness, so it has been spoken. Right. I, was, I, I read that you was raised in, in, in Florida. You had some, some help, some ladies of the night. 
No, no, no. That's not true. No, that whole story doesn't take place in Florida. That story takes place in Oklahoma City. Okay. So after I'm in Florida, I then join, um, I try to join the Marine Corps and they won't accept me because I'm, Bro, too, I'm, too, I'm, I'm too young and I've lied and told them I'm 16 and my family's moving down and I don't have my ID, but it's coming. And so they let me go to the boot camp. Da, da, da. That's not going to work now. Okay. So I've learned that lesson. So then I get this job selling stuff door to door. Um, across the country. And so I've been to all 50 states. Again, I'm 13, 14 years old. Um, so I did that. At, while I'm doing that, one of the places I'm at, I'm in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I've decided I'm going to stay here because of meeting these ladies that you're talking about mm -hmm. and that situation. I don't know at the time why that's important in my life or why it's something I should be doing or any of that. But now later on, it certainly helps me in formulating Money Mike for Friday After Next. Right. And a pimp named Slickback uh, for the Boondocks. San Francisco, Oklahoma, so San Francisco, Oklahoma, Sacramento. From Florida, you moved to the West Coast. After, so you traveling. When did you set up shop on the West Coast? All How right. old were you then? So I, I guess I'm... Uh, 18 or younger, and I, um, once I have my, once I have a child, I realize that, um, I can't, it's a lot of things that I could use to make money that now is a no-go. So anything with street aspirations that I might have thought about pursuing or been good at, um, I now am a single parent and I got to redo this thing. So I need comedy to really work out for me right. and me and God go into um, extreme conversation where I'm explaining to him that I'm a crash out dummy if he don't send me a lifeline like I need something I can hold on to. Before I had left Florida, I did stand up one time because we was trying to get in the club. I didn't have ID. So I said I was a comedian. They ended up having me do five minutes. But I kept that in my head that I had done that. When we get to Oklahoma, they're having a competition for stand-up. And if you win, you get to go out on the road with uh, Jeff Foxworthy and Dan Whitney, who is Larry the Cable Guy, and Richard Jenny, and these great comics. You get to open for them. And once I did that, I realized, okay, as a comedian, I'm like way behind schedule. I done started this too late. All the funny guys are already funny and known names. Like, how am I going to progress? So I realized that I, I, I do better with a white audience than I do with a black audience. And I, I'm not sure why that's occurring, okay. but the white audience likes me more. That's, that's interesting. So when I moved to Sacramento, it's because Sacramento has a white and a black audience almost 50-50. That's okay. almost the makeup of Sacramento. So I live in Sacramento for two years until I get to the point where I am equally as funny if the room is black as I am if the room is white. Okay. That's not enough. Now I need to be one of the good ones when it comes to black comics. Mm -hmm. So now I have to move to Oakland and that's what lands me in Oakland for three years. Once I have dominated uh, male black comedy in Oakland to my liking, 
Now I'm prepared to go to Los Angeles now. Now I know you can't throw me any curveballs. If it's a white audience, if it's a black audience, no matter what they are, I'm prepared to deal with all of the audiences. Do you write jokes according to the audience that you're going to be in front of or uh, or is your joke universal? Well, in, in the beginning, I part of my framework is that I'm tailoring every show to this audience. Okay. And that's how I was able to show my range and show that I was better than my competitors is that I'm Cat Williams, but I was still doing clean comedy. So I was still going to churches and doing 45 minutes of stand up at the church with no curse words, no sex drug material, no none of that, just straight stand up. And then I was doing everything else. And I at the regular club. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the range is that where when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So um, that's how I started. Um, but as you begin to get better, you begin to be able to speak to your entire fan base. And that's really what's been helpful is that I've been having the same conversation with my fan base for 12 comedy specials. Is that so. what set Cat Williams apart? Is your range? is that you can do a comedy, do 45 minutes in the church. I can go to a comedy club in front of 250, or I can go into an arena with 15,000. Um, that's range, because everybody can't do that, Cat. Well, if that's what range is called, then, then, then yeah, it's range. But I, I like the people I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not like um, it can't be condescending because I'm talking to my white male friend when I'm telling that white joke. Right. When I'm talking about this joke about this black lady, I know that black lady. That's who I'm talking to. I'm 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 speaking to this fan base that I've been speaking to from the beginning. I already told them what I was on when I first came in. I told them they was going to come after me. They was going to cancel me. They was going to say terrible things about me and try to mess my life up. I, I said that coming in to stand up. I'm. I'm saying it in my So you knew it was going to be? It has to be. I know I'm going into the belly of the beast. How could I be naive? I know that I'm going into Satan's playground, but I'm trying to be so good that you got to bring me in so close that I can see who's doing what and what's going on in there. In San Francisco, you joined the nation. I was ever in San Francisco. I was in Oakland. You was in Oakland. Did you join the nation? Is that... Yeah, Minister, Honorable Minister Farrakhan and I have um, an extremely close relationship. He, he refers to me um, as one of his sons. So, um, yeah, I, I spent a particular period of time. Let me explain. Yes. Because my particular background was already religious mm-hmm. and super strict, right? I didn't find out about other religions by reading about them. I went to their religion. I I I don't want to learn from Jewish people from outside. I want to be in the synagogue. I want to. I, I don't want to learn about Muslim people from. I, I want to be in a mosque. I I, I don't want to hear about the Baptist or the Pentecostal. I want to go to their church okay. and see. And so that was the religious discovery that I was on through that period in my life. Want to join Club Shay Shay? Become an official member by hitting that subscribe button where you never know who's going to be joining us for drinks and conversation. Don't be late to the party because you know 
we'd like to do something before to something. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.